You know the music in Jaws when the big shark is coming? Da-na. Da-na. That's literally the only thing I feel Giants fans feel going into uh, week 14 with Philly. It's just da-na. Da-na. With that being said, if you are a Giants fan, I guess my only advice for you is to fill up those wine glasses. Hello, everyone. Hello, hello. Two Christmas trees in the background now. It's here. It's finally here. I do have like a, oh, it is lit up. I was going to say, I do have another like little setup by my TV too. It's like on the, I can't really explain it. It's like on the like ledge. So you can't see it. It's cute though. It's got like little lights, a little snow. Like it's nice and cute. But yes, I am. I would say 90% of the way decorated with my house. I still have a couple of other things to do, but I keep looking at the calendar. It's December 7th. I need to put the, I need to hurry up with this. Like it's Christmas is right here. It's there. It's coming. And I am, I got to tell you, Katie, I am not prepared. I don't have like any like gifts yet. Nothing is wrapped. I am just uh, a frenzy right now. So I hear you. I hear you. But it is that time of year. I cannot believe it is. Our, it's our first show in December, and we're moving yeah. into week 18 of the NFL. College football has come to not a full end, but the regular season is an end. When we are, we're looking forward to a couple of new Housewives franchises and seasons coming out. But whew, I can't believe where we are at this moment. But yeah. we have a great, great episode for you guys today. Uh, to kick things off, we are going to reveal some poll results. So as we do pretty much every episode, we pull our audience to ask you guys a couple questions in regards to football and housewives. We've got three questions for you. Uh, and a lot of you voted. Thank you on Instagram and Twitter. Obviously, feel free to chime in now if you're watching live on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter. Um, so the first question we asked you guys, as it stands today, do you think the Los Angeles Rams are a bottom five team? So this was pretty even here because 56% of you said yes. Uh, Katie, what did you, what are you thinking on this one? I said no. Um, and with this question, like for me, it is important not to just like give a blanket yes or no, like answer, but to actually go into the standings, look at all 32 teams and like count on my fingers. How many do Mm -hmm. I think like are, you know, worse than the Rams. And I don't have them in the bottom five. I have them, you know, on the cusp, like outside of the bottom five, bottom five, I've got like in no particular order teams like Houston, Indy, Denver, Chicago, and Carolina. And then I think they fall just outside of the five around teams like the New Orleans Saints and the Arizona Cardinals. That's kind of where, I'm placing the Rams and yeah, the Rams have like a worse record than some of the teams I just named, but I still feel like if I were to see the Rams on the schedule, like against the New York giants, I'd be like, Oh crap. Like we're playing the Rams versus, Oh, we're playing Carolina. Like we should win that. You know what I mean? So yeah, I still feel like you can't count them out, 
but yeah, they're definitely trending towards the bottom. Yeah, so I'm, I'm actually, I'm going to agree with the, the majority here with the 56% saying yes. And I'll just, you know, I'll counter you on that. I think over the last couple of weeks, they have turned into that logo you see on your schedule and you're not particularly concerned. They're out of quarterback. They will go into it later, but they got someone new coming in, um, which is definitely questionable to many. You know, you're out guys like Cooper Cup. It just you, you're really, really hurting as an organization right now. I, I, you know, we've always seen a Super Bowl slump, Katie. This might be one of the worst ones we've ever seen. Um, they're not yeah. scary, in my opinion, and I'm going to put them in the bottom five. Um, interestingly enough, though, I feel like my bottom five does fluctuate a little bit week after week because we're seeing yeah. certain things from some teams. You look at a team like the Jacksonville Jaguars, and, like, they're kind of, like, these past couple of weeks maybe doing some spicy things. So like, they're not there anymore. So maybe, who knows? We've got some football left to play. Uh, but for right now, I just where they are in their current situation, it's not looking good. I'm going to keep them in that spot. Okay, fair enough. Alrighty, so as it stands today, do you think Dallas – is a top three team. Seven, uh, oh, sorry. No, yes. Yeah, 77% of you said no. Yeah, I agree with the majority on this one. Totally non-biased as a Giants right. fan. Um, but this is a similar thing of let me do my due diligence and like let me pull up the 32 teams and who do I think is better than Dallas right now. I have three definites that I like better than Dallas. In no particular order, I like Philly, Kansas City, and Buffalo better than Dallas. And then I think Dallas kind of falls in this mix in, in no particular order, just outside of those top three teams. I feel like they fall in the mix with like Miami, San Fran, Cincinnati, you can yeah. even Minnesota, even though they get sketchy from time to time, mm -hmm. they still got a 10 and two record. So I feel like Dallas falls in that mix where they're like just outside of the top three. I'm still way more terrified of Philly, Kansas City and Buffalo. Yeah, I, Katie, I 100% agree with you. I'm going with majority on this one, too. No, I mean, they've showed us some great stuff over the last couple of weeks. Um, but to me, you're right. I'm still very much more more terrified. I mean, listen, the, the Giants played with them a little bit on Thanksgiving until it all went down to the shitter. And they, so. did, in the, they did in the Monday Night Football game at the beginning of the season that we yeah. went to. They were very much so in that game. But and I, it's, and it's just a completely – I went into Thanksgiving up like – optimistic Katie I would go into a game against Dallas tomorrow still a little optimistic I do not want to play Philly whereas like Sunday. we're playing Philly this weekend and I just like oh man like Sunday's gonna suck I want nothing <laughs> I want nothing to do with it like I thought yeah. like, I like skip the week just cancel Sunday yeah. just completely cancel it um so that's kind of where like it, you're right. There is no bias being in the NFC East, but given that we have been able to play them twice, watch our, yeah. you know, other um, rivals play them already. Like that's kind of where my mindset is that there's other teams that I just don't even want to touch at this point. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And then finally, all right, we're going to talk about some little Ronacy legacy here. Do you think Liam McSweeney should be included in the Rony legacy cast? We've talked about this a little bit before, kind of like who would we like to see that's not already, um, you know, rumored or confirmed to be a part of that. Um, who would we like to see added? And I know we've talked about Tinsley before. Uh, I'm going to say yes on this. I, I did say yes on this. And do, what was what was our results, by the way? 
We got 58% said yes. So they are, you are agreeing with the majority. Okay. Um, I think Leah needs a redemption story because mm -hmm. I've said this before on our show that I feel as though it still stands. I believe she had the best rookie season of any housewife across any franchise, like in Housewives. Yeah. And then just like how we kind of refer to it in football terms, I've never seen someone have a sophomore slump like that. Oh, so, like, yeah. Do you feel like we need, like, we can't leave things off with Leah that way. She was such a, like, bright and shining star immediately off the bat. And I want a redemption story for her. I want to see her come back and be the Leah that we love. I know in, in her second season, she, uh, season, she talked a lot about the fact that her grandmother had just passed away and she was dealing with a lot. And that kind of affected how she was acting. So I feel like, let's get her back. Let's get her in yeah. a good and let's enjoy her again like she definitely made us all laugh and uh i'd love to see her on the screen again i agree 100 agree with you yep i'm going with the majority here as well with the yes so all right yep so thank you guys so much for voting in our polls we are live on facebook youtube and twitter right now so if you guys have any commentary on the poll questions you have any other questions for us any just general commentary, go ahead and submit it in. We'll talk to you live throughout the show. And I forgot to mention earlier, my wine glass is festive. It says slay all day on it. And there's a yes, sled queen. on it. Yes, queen. Love yes. it. Slay. Let's get some snow so we can actually go outside and go sled. Oh, man. oh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of ready for it. I'm going to be in South Carolina next week. So I'm really hoping for some some warm weather. I don't know. I'm kind of ready for the snow now. Now that it's we're <laughs> getting close to Christmas, let's go. Bring it on. Uh, all right. Well, let's get into our big stories of the week in the world of football. We do we do want to start with NFL quick hot topics. Lots of very spicy things to discuss, especially at the quarterback position. So on Saturday, uh, the Rams placed quarterback Matthew Stafford on IR with a spinal cord contusion, meaning that he would miss at least four games. However, on Sunday, head coach Sean McVay told reporters that Stafford uh, will likely be out for the remainder of the year, which people feel kind of make, they feel like it kind of makes sense, uh, play it safe with him because they do have a three and three and nine record. They're playing, right. If they were still playing for like playoff hopes, then they try to rush him to get him back. But the fact that they're at three and nine right now, I feel like they're just, you know, shutting him down for the year. So um, with that being said, on Monday, the Carolina uh, Panthers released quarterback Baker Mayfield, which came at his request after he learned that the, the team was moving forward with Sam Darnold as mm -hmm. he won and that P.J. Walker was going to be the backup. He was going to be QB2. What um, a dumpster fire Carolina but, is. Honestly, but also, but also, I just truly feel like I don't – that wasn't what crossed my – like, went across my mind first is what a dumpster fire Carolina is. I was like, what a dumpster fire Baker Mayfield's young career already is. So uh – I got a lot of opinions about that. And clearly I was wrong going into this season because I picked him as comeback player of the year. I and am wrong. I but like, yes, you did pick him as comeback player. Of the year. I feel like I've always been even more so than you being like, I think Baker is a good quarterback. Uh, like we've seen him win. Yeah. Like, 
I, I thought he like his critics were a little too harsh. Like I felt like he was deserving enough to be a starting quarterback in the National Football League. He's I I, now so. he's strictly a back at this move makes him a backup for life in my opinion. Well, to be so. honest with you though, I still feel like Sam Darnold's situation, even though he's going to be QB1 with them, I feel like his career is over yeah. as a starter. I feel like Baker's career is over. Um, these young guys, like, they're just it, – it's like they don't have patience for them anymore, which is why, like, no. I really do constantly go back to the Giants situation with Daniel Jones. Like, we're seeing what's happening with Zach Wilson. Like, he's in danger of having the same thing happen to him. I'm so content. What the Giants have done with Daniel Jones in allowing him to make mistakes – allowing him to learn his way and instead of just giving up on him really trying to build around him and constantly give him pieces and they've admitted in the past like we didn't do a good job of that like and we need to try and let this kid have the best opportunity to win um baker turning into a journeyman while daniel jones is ascending is irony yes it is uh yes it is so preach, but I'll take that. I'll take that irony. And you know what? This is what pisses me off, Katie, so much about this situation because I think what the Giants are doing is absolutely correct. You're you're giving him that room to make those errors, but you also give him a timeline. He had to fix so much stuff, and now he's he's yes, yeah, still making some errors, but he's actually progressing so well. Like we just saw that post, he's he's ascending, and we're seeing some good things. People are, are already say they are talking about how much of a bust or bad you know, pick that was, you know, in, in the draft, Daniel Jones, don't even bring that to the table when we are looking at guys like Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, Zach Wilson, get out of here. That's Daniel Jones is not even in that conversation, in my opinion, with what yeah. we've seen so far. He's I, not, almost, I almost want to like, just make like a rule where like, if you draft a quarterback, like let's say in the top 10, I almost want to be like, you're forced to give them three full years as a starting quarterback before right. you're able to move on from them. Like, I just don't, uh, this, this, this league is just like win, win, win now, now, now. And it just doesn't happen. Or like just that. quarterback. Some, like, honestly, you, sometimes yeah. it does. Sometimes it does. But let's look at somebody like Josh Allen, who is arguably one of the best, you know, maybe top three players in the NFL right now. He didn't have a bad rookie season. But he didn't do anything that was like made you suspect he was going to be the player that he is right, right now. Have a practice a little bit of patience, people. My God. But you just have to like, I always make the joke, like read a book, people. Literally crack the history books open here. Look at some of your greatest quarterbacks of all time. You know, you look at a guy like Aaron Rodgers. You look at Eli Manning, who had his, you know, his run. Eli Manning York had an atrocious rookie but, season. But some people didn't even play their rookie season. Yeah. They sat. They took time. They went. Into, Patrick Mahomes was behind Alex Smith. I'll always, like, that is one of my yeah. fondest memories of this this podcast, Katie, is that what, that was one of the first things we Aaron, spoke Aaron about. Aaron Rodgers sat for multiple seasons yes. behind the car. Like, you just need to, like, everyone just needs to pump the brakes and chill because, like, yeah. you throw these kids and the transition, too, and not a lot of people understand this, too, the transition from college to NFL is massive. Yeah. It is a huge, huge, like, you're getting guys, yeah, of course, linemen in, in college are massive kids, 
but you're getting guys now in like their thirties that are like 400 pounds. You've got guys that are pass rushers that are coming. They're coming at you and they're going to eat you up and they've no sympathy. You've got pass rushers that are running four, five, forties at oh, the combine. It's and it's, they are literally, you know, 250 pounds moving that quickly. It's insane. Yeah. This is actually a really good point here too. Crack open a book. Phil Sims literally would have been really, <laughs> we can, yes, we can go like crack a book. You can go back in time. You could go back in history and like, yes, there's so many guys you can look at that after two years, like, like teams now would just have scrapped them and thrown them away in the garbage. And then they right. would have become a journeyman situation where it's like, you're getting somebody's like sloppy seconds. Like it tarnishes their career. That's why I'm like worried for Zach Wilson and what's happening with the New York jets is like, yeah, it's going to be hard to come back from this. It really will be. Um, but anyways, let's, let's go on because we're not done with this here. Um, <laughs> yesterday it was announced that the Rams and we talked about, you know, we just said Matthew Stafford, what's going on with him. They actually claimed Baker Mayfield off of waivers. He will now join uh, John Wolford, who's been playing with Stafford out, and Bryce Perkins in the quarterback room. I have no idea what their game plan is for this weekend. My assumption is John Wolford still. Maybe it came out already. I'm not sure. I but, I mean, anything. Baker Mayfield has to come in and, like, learn the playbook, and he can't do that in, like, two days. No. Um, okay, so on Sunday, more crazy quarterback news. And this one, this this is a really – crappy situation because this team had, you know, they're not the three and nine Rams. They have actual Super Bowl potential. Mm -hmm. um, but on Sunday, San Fran quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo suffered a broken foot that will require season ending surgery. Uh, the injury happened at the beginning of the first quarter and he was replaced by rookie Brock Purdy, AKA Mr. Irrelevant, which is Mr. Irrelevant, the very last pick in the NFL draft. Uh, and you know what? He had a pretty good game. He so didn't do bad. No. He, and, you know, and he did enough to not only play a pretty good game, but he led the team to a really good 33 to 17 win over an extremely tough Miami opponent. Yeah. So um, I don't know what San Fran's plan is. Be, like once the Baker new uh, Baker Mayfield release news came out and he was not with the Rams yet, people were like, is San Fran going to call him? Apparently, Sam Fran did not put any kind of claim in um, on waivers, and they have since signed, Sam Fran has since signed Denver practice squad quarterback Josh Johnson, who actually has spent time with the 49ers in his, during his career. That makes um, sense. So not new to them. And, you know, my husband is a Niners fan. Mm -hmm. It sucks because you do have Super Bowl potential, so maybe you do want to try to bring in a veteran presence, if you could, to – just do what they have to do to get you there. Uh, but I said to him, I was like, you know, you did draft the kid. I know that it was the last pick in the NFL draft, but you don't want to waste draft picks. Right. So you might as well see what he's got. Um, and he did play well enough. I, I think maybe this weekend uh, seeing him in a full game, maybe it's going to be more telling up against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That's a decent opponent. So we'll see, but you know, bad news there in San Fran and you know, bad news for the Rams too. Like, and Matthew Stafford, you hate to see. Yeah. A lot of my, a lot of my predictions for this year are really going out the window. So <laughs> at San Fran going to Super Bowl. So. And um, update too, like Lamar Jackson, he also was yeah. hurt um, in his game on Sunday. He came out. Um, he looks as though he will be missing. 
could potentially play this weekend. They haven't ruled that out. If he does miss time, yeah. it's going to be anywhere from one to three weeks. But I feel like it's going to be on the lesser end. So we'll keep mm-hmm. on that as well. Yeah. Um, okay, one last thing. Speaking yeah. of injury-wise, this is not um, with quarterbacks. This broke um, earlier today. Uh, pass rusher for Buffalo Bills, Von Miller. He is, in fact, out for the season. So they had placed him on an IR. Things yeah. weren't looking too hopeful. And now it's official that he will be out. So that is a huge I, yeah. loss for the Bills uh, team. And sucks for uh, Von Miller because he wasn't even sure if he was going to come back this year. I know. retire. And to come back and maybe make, like, I don't know if this was going to be his final run at it, um, is it's very disappointing. Very sad. Yeah. I guess now you definitely have to um, put that into perspective. Um, right. Like, do you want to put in the work it takes to really, like, rehab and come back? And Yeah. Or even just, like, it just <laughs> sucks, like, right now, like, even if he just has to do that just to go on with his life. Like, I'm how of many course. years old and I got to rehab. You know what I mean? It just, like. It sucks, but we'll see. All right. So week 13 was another doozy. And I just cannot week after week, Katie. I know. know. It's something else. Starting with Washington and New York. This was a absolute nightmare of a game. Like these are literally like you like your anxiety follows you into your dreams at night and you think of the weirdest things like you're late for, for class, but you haven't been in high school in 10 years. Like you, you, the stupidest things you dream of. This was it. This is a nightmare. This is one where you stay awake at night and you think of all the missed opportunities. Yeah. And I, like I have been, and it's like, this is like worst case scenario. So we went back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. We ended overtime, the New York Giants, Washington in a 20-20 die after a missed 58-yard game-winning field goal by Graham Gano. And what is even worse, Katie, is that these teams have now been flexed in two weeks of Sunday Night Football. You know I'm pissed about this because I hate Sunday Night Football. I hate all primetime games because I like to go to bed at eight o'clock. Yeah. But it just, it's so annoying. And I know why the NFL flexed it because they're little like sneaky, sneaky little bees. They saw that we tied and they're like, oh, this game's going to mean something. So now I have to stay awake. I have to be fully alert. Yeah. And I just can't. And I don't know. So I'm not looking forward to it. Obviously, we like, I can't believe we're going into week 14 and we still have to play Philly twice. No. We've got to play this freaking, you know, now Sunday night football game against Washington in two weeks. And I just feel like we're in for, I'm feeling like we're in for some misery. Like I'm really not looking forward to it. And it sucks too. Talk about wild. The Washington is on their bye this week. So they had the Giants by Giants. They <laughs> that is like Crazy. what Crazy. and they're coming back like refreshed. And they're like, we tied this team. Now we gotta it's kick gonna their tough. ass. It's, it's gonna, gonna be, be a really tough game. So but what a what a game. Honestly, it just it is. You you lie awake at night and the Giants could have locked it, locked it in multiple times in yeah. four quarters. So it's just very frustrating for sure. All right, so Baltimore, our quarterback, Tyler Huntley, replaced uh, Lamar Jackson. We spoke about it earlier. He did go out injured. Uh, he did lead the team uh, to a game-winning touchdown drive to beat Denver 10-9. to 
Um, so that's that's good. But I mean, listen, ten to nine over Denver, Baltimore definitely could could do a lot better than that. Yeah. Um, so despite a 27-14 win over Houston, Cleveland's quarterback, Deshaun Watson, return was shaky. And guess what, Deshaun? You deserve it. So that's what you get from me there. The double birds. For those of you not viewing and just listening, the double yeah. birds just came out. You get it, you stupid MFR. <laughs> so 12 for 22, 131 yards, one beautiful interception in the end zone. You love to see it. And a 53.4 passer rating. Side so, note, by the way, uh, this was won by the defense. Yeah. I picked up Cleveland's defense for the weekend in fantasy. Football. No, so did. Oh my God. So did my boyfriend. And I Listen, hate I don't know how crazy things get in the leagues you're in with defense and points. They had 30. I played Cleveland's defense. So 50. 50. <laughs> I played the person who had Cleveland's defense. And that is the only reason why they won. I'm, I'm telling you now. Oh, so you literally had the same mindset. So, yes. Yeah, so my boyfriend picked up Cle and he won because based off that, that, like, honestly, all you Cleveland defensers, screw you. You ruined but me. <laughs> it's like you you hear those stats from Deshaun Watson and you're like, had the team win this game, defense. like, by a pretty good margin. And it was legitimately Crushed defense it. and special teams. Like, right. it was unbelievable. Oh, my God. But wild, wild to see that for sure. Yeah. I'm so pissed. <laughs> All right, Seattle's quarterback Geno Smith hit wide receiver DK Metcalf for a late touchdown to edge their rival, the Rams, 27-23. Dallas scored 33 points in the fourth quarter <laughs> to beat the Colts 54-19. Holy crap. So I have um I'm on this streak right now with primetime games. Yeah where I go and it's, it's logical. I should be writing it down, like literally journaling it or like going live on social media every time. Katie, every primetime game I've gone to bed at like halftime or the third quarter. And since I go to, after I go to bed, only one point is scored after like one, either field goal or things like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a thing. So the Colts weren't far behind and I was going to bed <laughs> feeling pretty chipper. I yeah. wake up the next morning and I was like, what the hell? Yeah. 33 points. So my streak is now over. I thought I was going to bed feeling good. No, nope, they burst that bubble. They really did. Like the Colts. Like what the hell? That sucked. That yeah. sucked. Yeah. And then a wild uh, Monday night, we've got Tampa Bay. They came back over the New Orleans Saints. Tom Brady threw for two late touchdowns and they beat them 17 to 16. You know, New Orleans, you can't blow that lead. And you know Tom well, Brady. Especially because it's still really any team's uh, race right. in that division in the NFC South. So New Orleans really needed that one, and they were unfortunately not able to put it away. So, no. you know, that already gives, like, the Tampa Bay, who's sitting in first place right now, gives them more of an advantage. But, like I said, that that division is still up for grabs. So it's going to get real mm -hmm. interesting. And they're those divisional games. Like when we see them now going forward, they're going to have huge implications. So, yeah. All right. Well, speaking about going forward, uh, let's look into week 14. We're going to give you our picks plus one lock and one upset. 
Caitlin, why don't you kick us off this week? All righty. So moving into Thursday night football, I'm going with the Raiders uh, going to Sunday slate. I have Buffalo, Cincinnati, Dallas, Detroit, Tennessee, Philly. <laughs> There's nothing I can do there, people. Uh, the Steelers, Kansas City, the 49ers, Seattle, Miami, and wrapping the week up Monday Night Football with the New England Patriots. My lock is the Dallas Cowboys over the Katie, I just realized this today. I had no idea Houston was one in 10 bad. <laughs> I didn't realize their record was that, that bad. Um, yeah. I knew I knew they sucked. I didn't know it was that bad. Um, so that is my lock. Um, and if that game is like 65 to nothing, I wouldn't be surprised. So, <laughs> um, and then my upset is the Detroit Lions over the Minnesota Vikings. You got a divisional game there. Lions looking good, Minnesota looking good, but also kind of shady at points. So I'm actually hoping that one's a, a good game. So I'm going to give you a fun fact about that game. I didn't used to do this in the past, but now doing these picks and like, especially doing the lock and the upset, um, I have been like going into lines mm -hmm. um, and trying to figure out like, you know, everything. <laughs> Detroit is actually favored in that Detroit, Minnesota game, oh. which I find shocking, shocking. It's like by a small margin, but I, I can't, I can't believe that. Like that's how people feel about Detroit, like on the up and up right now. Well, so. I'm, yeah. And I'm pretty sure sometimes too, like with all of the, like the betting, like Vegas is trying to like get people to like bite a little bit. Yeah, they, they were doing that with one of the giants games. They were, um, I think they favored like the Texans over well, us. Well, they kept and having the Giants, even though with whatever record, uh, like they kept having them as the underdog. Yeah, but I think yeah, and it just it they they like make you bite. So like as much yeah. as like if you you guys could definitely go with that, but I'm telling you that's still an upset, in my. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look at the records. Like that's a lot of disrespect to Minnesota at ten. I know, honestly, like yeah. All right, well, Kate. We only have two games different. Okay. All right. Crazy. And that actually, might be our most similar this season, I think. Yeah. Uh, I feel like we started off like early in the year, like very similar. Last couple of weeks, maybe different, but I know last week we had a ton different. I'm just right. pulling something up real quick. Yeah. We have a lot of teams on the buy this week. We do. Yes. 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 I was not expecting this many teams, but I my whole fantasy. Fantasy for me, very shit. important for fantasy because this is like crunch time now. I'm so uh, screwed. Five weeks: Atlanta, Chicago, Green Bay, Indy, New Orleans, and Washington. So yes, we've got six teams on the buy here. But yeah, uh, you and yeah. I were very similar on these picks, only two different. So all right. With that being said, in week 14, I'm going with Las Vegas, Buffalo, Cincinnati, Dallas, Minnesota, Jacksonville. Philly, Pittsburgh, Kansas City, San Fran, Seattle, Miami, and New England. All My right. Also, the Dallas Cowboys over the Houston Texans. And my upset is going to be the uh, a divisional game here, the Jacksonville Jaguars mm. over the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, I, I went back and forth with that one, uh, to be honest. But I, 
there's something about Tennessee going into the end of the year that I do yeah. I do like them. They spike up a little bit. And then Jacksonville at this point, really, I don't think they have much to lose. So well, damn, like at last so our last show, I talked up Jacksonville big time. I you was did. Like, don't sleep on Jacksonville. They're coming. And then they shit the bed over the weekend. So know. remember what I told you guys about like don't trust this B. Like, don't listen to what I said. I said I gotta post that meme still. <laughs> don't I have it. Don't listen to me, people. I don't know what, like, I like to think, I think I know what I'm talking about, but clearly sometimes I've proven it. You know what, Katie? I think these last two seasons in the NFL, specifically this one, every analyst, every person that does a podcast, every person that tweets about football is probably like, what the hell is going? I don't know. They're like, I don't know anything about sports. Sports out the window. Don't know it. Not me. (laughs) I don't know a thing. All righty, we're going to come back to football with our game later. We've got a really interesting one for you guys as we we're we're going in this final stretch. So we've got a good game later. Let's get into our big stories of the week for Housewives. We've got some legal drama. Don't we always? always? Legal drama llama. This time it's with Joe and Melissa Gorga. They have been sued over unpaid building materials. yeah. <laughs> this past week, reports came out that the Gorgas are being sued over unpaid building materials for their new home that was just built that they're yeah. posting all over social media. So the kicker there. Um, the lawsuit, which was filed in October, um, claims Joe did not pay his contractors after completing the work for the house. In November, Melissa accepted the legal complaint from a sheriff at their Franklin Lakes home. Per the documents, it states that between September 2021 and January 2022, materials were provided to them, but those materials were utilized for various um, construction projects. The very uh, the value of those materials estimated to be thirty thousand dollars. After Joe got these materials, he reportedly ghosted the company. After they attempted various routes to obtain payment for him before taking legal action. So I got to tell you, Katie, I am not surprised. We have seen that one video came out with like Joe Gorga, like a couple months ago, where that guy said he didn't pay him for something. That's my red flag. Number one. Um, and then we've like, just heard like shady things about them. Apparently Jennifer said something at BravoCon, like in relation to this, like that they don't pay I think it was on one of the one of the reunions where Jennifer basically was like, uh, "The Gorgas like don't pay anybody for, for this stuff," right? But and, and said like, "And everybody knows it." So I do feel like, honestly, hearing this story, like now, I'm not surprised. It, it kind of like brings those things back into right. light, and it makes you feel like. Okay, that wasn't just Jennifer talking shit. I think there might actually be some truth behind all this. Yeah. So, like, I'm really, I'm not particularly surprised. I think what is funny, though, is that, like I I said earlier, like, they're posting all of our social media. To this day, I think Melissa posted something today about the house. Like, they won't stop. And now, like, there's a lawsuit, like, out there. Like, it's literally, like, stop. I would be like, okay, you're ghosting me. You're literally on your phone right now posting this house on your freaking Instagram. Like well, that's you your phone in your hand. Like, well, that is a huge thing now, like with police reports and things like that. Like social media is used in like oh, yeah. so many different things. So like, that's why I'm saying like, they are just, they're dumbasses sometimes like stop, like stop what you're doing. Yeah. Like, 
they could she could have posted something and they could have been like hey we gave you that tile or something that's just so dumb that's evidence like don't be stupid like stop i feel like i feel like you know new jersey especially like northern new jersey like sometimes they get this bad rap and there's this stereotype out there and i feel like the Real Housewives of New Jersey, I felt like more so in the early seasons, maybe now so, like now with this kind of stuff. It's like you guys are kind of like bringing that to light a little bit and making people like truly believe like, okay, yeah, that's like a typical, oh, you know, whatever. Yeah. So I don't I know. know. There's a lot of sketchiness and I, but again, We've heard like rumblings in the past and, and I yeah. love the Gorgas. So like maybe part of me just didn't want to believe it or me just think like people are just talking shit because they're pissed, like whatever. Um, but hearing something like this, you're like, okay, you know what? This is an actual legitimate lawsuit. Like this isn't Jennifer right. talking shit. This is someone being like, you owe me money. And now I'm taking the action. Well, anytime like money is involved, like I do, I do side on the person because that's, you have to show like evidence and receipts, basically receipts, literally like a little receipts, receipt, but then also people. like a little, keep your receipts because it's true. I mean, like, obviously like, you know, when someone like does, files a lawsuit and there's allegations, like a lot of stories, he said, she said, yeah, like, of course. But with something like this, like, if you're claiming someone stole material money for you, like, you got to have your shit backed up with that. Like, that's yep. not like. Oh, yeah. And they will. You know, they're going to come and they're going to be like, here's proof that I reached out to this person on this date and this date and this yep. date and this date and no response, no response, no response. No. So. Yeah. Crazy. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Legal um, drama Let's get into our second story of the week in the world of housewives. This is a fun one. Um, we are going to talk about some housewives secrets. So Ooh. on Sunday, an article was published by ScreenRant.com revealing the 10 biggest secrets from the Real Housewives production team. A lot of these were like new and brought to light. Uh, a lot of them at BravoCon, actually, because I do believe... I know, uh, I definitely know at the first BravoCon that we went to that they had a panel with the producers and they were, like, yeah. that was the purpose of kind of like revealing some behind the scene things. So a lot of these are just being brought to light now. And some fun things that we learned from the production team are the following. So they did deem Royal Houses of Atlanta's uh, Kenya Moore as one of the most honest housewives someone who doesn't try to hide the downfalls of her relationship, mm -hmm. very open and honest about, you know, maybe some <clears> of the not so pretty things going on in her life. Um, a man, I, I think out of everything, this one shocked me the most. So a man was almost, and Andy, this was confirmed by Andy Cohen in 2019, that a man was almost cast for the New Jer for the Real Houses of New Jersey one year as a potential house husband. Now, not as like, you know, okay, right. uh, Melissa and Joe Gorga's the house husband. Like, yes, we have the house husbands, whatever, but was going to actually be cast as their, you know, own single person uh, as a main cast member. So I need I, to know who this person, I need to know who I this person. I can't wrap my head around that, but apparently when I was reading this, uh, this has been like whispering and talks for years to potentially form 
a house husband. I just feel like this is unnecessary because yeah. I feel like especially now with um, the last couple of years, I do believe, especially on New Jersey, I think we see it a lot on Salt Lake City. They're involving the husbands more and more and more. And we are seeing some of them, you know, do the confessionals uh, yeah. interviews. So I don't feel like it would be necessary. Just keep it the way it is, because then when you bring a house husband into it, you're going to have to change it to the real house people yeah. of New Jersey. Well, I just, just like, like, ah. like I'm saying, I feel like we have house husbands already anyway. So we do. And if you want to do a spinoff with the men of New Jersey, cool. I'll watch that. That'll get more yes. viewers than probably what? actually New Jersey. You're right. Like, I feel like if they're really interested in something like that, it should be a spinoff thing on its own. Right. I need to know who this person was that they're targeting. I know, right? Like, like who the hell in New Jersey were they going after? I don't know. And, like, is this house husband just supposed to constantly, like, go on the cast trips with just the women and him? And, like, right. how does this work? Um, kind of find out. Okay, so I thought this was interesting because, like, it's something I haven't thought of before. And, like, who would I pick? But, um, basically, you have your confessional looks and each woman gets three confessional looks for the entire season uh, and producers kind of giving their opinions on it felt that Roni's Dorinda Medley had the best confessional looks. So honestly, I can't think of her looks off the top of my head. It's been a hot minute since we've seen Roni been a hot minute since Dorinda's been on. Yeah. I have to say when we went to BravoCon and we saw her in person and she was wearing this bright lavender like suit. I need to get that suit. She looked freaking amazing. Yeah. Her makeup, her hair, like she was gorgeous. She looks so, great. Yes, I think uh, Dorinda doesn't get enough credit for like how stylish she is and how beautiful she is. Yeah, and I think like when I when I read this one in particular, I was trying to think back to some of the outfits, but mainly what I thought of was just her like pure like aesthetic like beauty because yeah. you see what some of the women try to do with their hair whether it's like up in a big pony they're wearing extensions it's a lot more natural they're yeah they're wearing extensions if they have short hair they're wearing like a headband they're wearing they're doing in their confessionals and I think we read they're only allowed to have like two or three looks in their confessionals yeah. like so clearly they they go all out and like we see these women like look like batshit crazy a lot of them she very much now like that's what i took from it like she kept it to what she looks like dorinda has had that short hair her entire time like that's her signature her like look like that's like she's got that short blonde hair like she doesn't do anything crazy like makeup like she's just like very pretty like that understated glam yeah, I think that's a great that's a great way to say it. So that's kind of what I thought because I'm trying to think of like her outfits, but I think now that I'm like looking back and like I'll go on like her Instagram or something, she's very stylish. I think yeah. she's she's chic. She knows what she's. I mean, Ooh, I guess her only questionable beautiful. outfit was the <laughs> the Lady Gaga bubbles when she got super wasted, <laughs> so, which was still iconic. I want to be yeah. that one year. So. Yeah. Um, this one we've definitely heard before because like every year you always hear fans be like, oh my God, add this celebrity as this, you know, to this franchise. But there is a specific do not hire list of celebrities who they do not want on Housewives. I'm sure yeah. that is a running list. <laughs> um, two of the biggest scenes Housewives have tried to have 
completely deleted and not aired on the show was Denise Richards trying to not have her storyline about her and Brandy revealed. And then um, the one with Teresa not wanting footage of Joe Judice calling her bad names, which I think probably specifically refers to that awful scene when they were like at that winery and he took that phone call with which seemed like he was clearly speaking to another woman and, you know, just straight up calling his wife a bee. Like, and I think, and I get that because I think that scene in particular would be really painful for her daughters to like watch their fathers Mm. about their mother that way. So that's really upsetting. But of course, obviously like as much as you want and as bad as it's, you know, going to come out, you cannot have these scenes deleted. They do not do that. Yep. However, scenes do in fact have reshoots uh, for lighting issues or technical difficulties. So if you see like a sit down, you know, discussion or confrontation, you know, it might be the second go around of kind of. That's dumb in my opinion. That's stupid. You know what I think they should do, honestly? I know with phone calls, like phone calls specifically, like too, like they they do that a lot when, when they're you know, talking to each other on the phone. I think that's so like my thought process on that. And like, I'm not like a tech person in any way, shape or form. Like I have no videographer like experience, but like, so these people are probably like, you're an idiot. They're listening to us, but like you should have like, I don't know, like a camera just set up, like doing like a live, like shoot, like a live shoot. So you have like, yes, like producers and like cameras there, but like, so something fails on their part, have like a real live footage, like, a cell phone camera. Think about how much stuff. I guess that changes. That also changes the aesthetic of the show because obviously they don't like, they don't do that kind of footage. You know what I mean? I know. I just like, ah, I just feel like it's, I know it it makes it feel not authentic, but what you hope, what you at least hope what happens is if these women sit down and they have an entire conversation and then all of a sudden they're like, Oh my God, the mics weren't working or whatever, blah, blah, blah. I'd be like, yes, that. You have to repeat that scene. Hopefully they just keep it like word for word and keep it as true to the original conversation as, as it was. I, I wouldn't be able to do that because like. I know, I know. I don't even know what I say half the time. I'd be like, I, all right, I forgot. I forgot what I told you five minutes ago. I have no idea. Yeah. I literally have no clue. <laughs> um, but yes, those were our juicy little uh, production housewives secrets. So those were yeah. It's a lot of good behind the scenes stuff, some stuff we've known already, but it, it's definitely good to to see that. And I do like when they they come out with that from like some time to time. So yeah. all right, let's get into our game. We are playing one of our favorites, buy or sell, but we are playing the buy or sell version, stay the same or make a change. So on Monday, Katie's best friend Adam Shine wrote an article for NFL.com where he made nine takes that won't change in the NFL's final stretch. So that means that he's making a statement and he thinks it will, when we're done, it still remains the same. So they will not change. So we are going to say his statements and then we're going to tell you if we're buying or selling them. So, and again, we are buying or selling the facts that they will not change in the coming weeks. Mm-hmm. All right. So like I said, we have nine scenarios here. <clears throat> so first one, Buffalo is the team to be in the AFC. 
Mm, this was like the most, we started off with the most 50-50 split for me on this first This sequence. one was freaking tough. So I'm going to have to buy it. And I'm mainly giving the slight edge to the buy because Buffalo was my pick to win the Super Bowl. And I'm going to stick by that. But I personally think Kansas City is a very, very close second. But I am going to buy this that Buffalo is the team to beat in the AFC. <clears throat> so I am going to sell it. So I will contradict you here. And I'm going to yeah. go with Kansas City. I would even look at teams, a team like Miami. So, but with Kansas City and Miami, last week we got to see them on the losing end of things. They right. find they get they're getting beat out. You're seeing where their weaknesses are. Buffalo has already shown us their weaknesses throughout this season. They kind of show you every so often. So for that matter, I think it took up until last week to see some major weaknesses from Kansas city. So I'm going to give them that little edge there. So I'm going to sell this and say, it's gonna, it's going to be Kansas city near the end. All right. All right. Number two, the NFC race goes through Philly. They will be the number one seed at the, the end of this. Unfortunately, I'm going to buy this. I just don't think, like, I guess Minnesota has the second closest um, record right now, that 10-2. and two. But, like, look at how people feel about Minnesota, that Detroit is favored over them this weekend. Mm-hmm. I don't think people are super-duper threatened by them. And I feel like Philly has built a good enough record and a strong enough lead uh, that it would be very difficult for them to lose the number one seed at this point. I'm buying it. Yep. I'm buying it as well. It's very, it's a painful buy. It kind of just like digs yeah. at your it is heart. What it is. Like, honestly, like <clears throat> I, weeks ago, I was like, the giants are not playing for the NFC East title. They're playing to get a wild card spot. No. So. Yeah. And, and that's, and that's fine. And if some weird a miracle they're playing for the NFC. I don't know physically how it's possible, but technically it is still possible. Um, yeah. I just, I think it is. You're right. It's, it's an acceptance. You've accepted and moved on. Uh, but I mean, you got to look at it and they, you're right. They've built this path so far and they're just so far down it. Like they could yeah. even lose probably their next couple of games, Katie. And they're still so freaking far down that path where yeah. everyone else is not. So All right, so we just said that the NFC race goes through Philly, but number three is that the Cowboys can beat the Eagles. I'm buying this, and why not? It says can be. Like, yeah, Dallas is capable. We just, you know, we we polled you guys at the beginning of the show asking you if Dallas is a top three team, like, we ask you this because I think on NFL.com's power rankings right now, I think they do have Dallas in the top three. So, yeah, a top three team could be the Philadelphia Eagles. So I'm buying this. Yeah, I'm buying it as well. Listen, I, as much as, you know, Philly has ran, like I said, ran down their path and they have really made a way, they've been in some close games. They they lost to Washington. And it's a team like Dallas that is just really bullying teams at this point. Yeah. We've really yet to see a, a stretch to where Philly's actually bullying people. Um, and Dallas can come in and they could. It's it's And again, you're right. It's a matter of can. Yeah. Can they beat them? Yes. 100%. So buying that. 
All right, moving on to number four. The 49ers boast the NFL's best defense. I'm buying this. Uh, they're first in total yards uh, yards allowed per game. You know, they're up there in the turnover differential. Obviously, they're great at getting sacks. Um, I, I do believe they have the best defense. Yes, I'm buying it. I am buying it as well, but I'm giving my little asterisk to just keep a close eye on Dallas because they are very, very good on defense as well. Honestly, I feel like Philly's defense has been just as good, if not it better, is. than Dallas. So that's yeah. tough to say as well. It does. Honestly, it does. It's just like it's horrifying. <laughs> but hey, I mean, all right, the job we already did Dallas twice, so we're over that hump. It's just okay. It's out the door. It's okay. Um, all right, number five. The Bengals are winning the AFC North. This is a tough one. I'm going to sell this, but I really want to state that I think Cincinnati, uh, and, and I'm going with like Baltimore, by the way, um, to win the AFC North. I think Cincinnati is much better than Baltimore, but they're eight and four, and so is Baltimore. And uh, Cincinnati's remaining schedule is significantly tougher hmm. than Baltimore's. Cincinnati, the rest of their schedule is Cleveland, Tampa Bay, New England, Buffalo, and Baltimore. That's that's difficult. I think both of them finish with an 11 and 6 record, but I think Baltimore wins the tiebreak with a better divisional record. Like Baltimore okay. right now is 2 and 0 in the division, and Cincinnati is 1 and 3, and I think that's going to come back to uh bite Cincinnati in the ass. Yeah, so um, I'm going to uh, buy this one mainly off of last weekend with Lamar Jackson. Still very up in the air, very questionable. Yeah. If he goes this weekend, is he at 100%? Katie, is he at 100% for the rest of the season? I don't know. And that really can derail them. That's exactly what happened last season. We saw him not doing so great, his team falling apart, that derailment there. So we could see a repeat of the 2021 season. Um, and the Bengals, I... They're on a turn right now. It's it's unfortunate because if they didn't lose those first couple of games, Katie, yeah. they would have been walking away with this. They would have been the, playing, the Eagles. They're playing much different football than they were at the beginning of the season. And now they're looking like the Cincinnati team that right. made it to the Super Bowl last year. Yeah, and honestly, like it sucks that they have to play catch-up, but they're doing what they have to do to catch up as we'll much as they the can. They'll be in the playoffs, and they could yeah. definitely make some noise. So Yeah, so I, I will, I'll take them to win the AFC North. All right. All right, number six, Patrick Mahomes is the league MVP. Buying it, first in passing yards, first in touchdowns, 30 touchdowns to just eight interceptions. He's not turning yeah. the ball over. First in QBR rating, it's Patrick Mahomes. You know what? I'm just going to sell it because I'm being uh, grumpy about this. I hate they just give it to a quarterback year after year, and it's so yeah. annoying. Let's look at other people. I'm giving it to Tyreek Hill. Let's go. Let's get another position into the MVP spot. Right. This, you know what's annoying too, Katie? With the they do it in the Super Bowl. Other people win. We saw right. Cooper Cup get it last year. You see, other people. why can't they just do it for the league too? Look at other people. It's not like oh my god. That's why they put so much pressure on these quarterbacks. Because that's what it's all about. It's all about that. So yeah. you know what? No, I'm saying sell it and give it to someone else. So all right. Tyreek Hill. <laughs> uh, number seven, Mike White is the guy for these Jets. How could Adam Shine say this? I, I'm selling it. Like I don't, I don't because he's it. an idiot. 
I don't feel like I really need to discuss this much. Uh, do I agree with what they did with Zach Wilson? No. Does that mean I think Zach Wilson was the guy? No. I don't think they have their franchise quarterback on their football team right now. It's not Mike White. Um, I'm selling this. I'm selling it too. He's not the answer. If you're not, if you're done with Zach Wilson, cool. Get someone in the draft next year. Like yeah. enough. Don't be stupid. Crazy. All right. Number eight. Vegas will be tough down the stretch. I'm going to sell this. I still feel like, you know, I expected Vegas to be good. We right. expected them to be a really scary, you know, potential playoff team this season. And they were just so bad. And I know that they've been picking it up a little bit lately, right. but I still feel like, uh, I don't know. I, I'm just, at this point, what I've seen so far from them this season, I'm not scared of them on selling it. I'm going to sell it too. Right now, I see them best maybe going eight and nine. That's the record for the end of the season. And in my opinion, is that really like a huge advantage, especially in the AFC when the AFC East is actually pretty strong too. And there's still talks of sending all four of them, all four of us in the NFC East. Yeah. I, to me, that's not a huge advantage um, being that your best case scenario near the end right. of the season. So I'm going to sell it. All right. And then number nine, we got another tough down the stretch. But this time, it's the Detroit Lions. Katie, will they be tough down the stretch? I'm going to buy this, but not buying it saying that, like, they're going to be a playoff team because they're not. Their record is too far gone, I think. Right. Um, but I'm buying it in that, like, it, it sucks for teams who are fighting for playoff spots if you've got to play Detroit in this they'll be you. season. Because, unfortunately, this is like last year where they're just better than their record. And – you know, they got to get it together quicker at the beginning of the season, it, like not in the second half. Uh, but they are they are looking scary. This is a team that could, surprisingly, the offense is putting up a crap ton of points. And like we said earlier, you know, they're favored over a, the 10-2 and two Minnesota Vikings this weekend. People are afraid of them. People are buying into them, believing in them. They are a tough team to play at this point in the season. Yeah, I'm buying it as well. And listen, at best, they they win their next four games, but they potentially could win out in five. So that's, like you said, for those for teams that are still fighting, you know, Detroit's not done fighting, and they could potentially screw you over in your playoff, in your yeah. playoff hopes. So, yeah. All right. Well, that was a good game. Uh, crazy to think that we've just got, you know, couple more weeks of the regular season so all of these things moving forward are super you know substantial and game changing and season changing and so we'll see how especially the playoff race shakes up but let's get to the point in our night where we get it off our chest positive negative football housewives life wine december christmas caitlin wanting snow already oh my god no please no uh, why don't you kick it off? All right. So uh, this year is the seventh consecutive season where the NFL um, is doing my cleats, my cause. Uh, this, I think I've spoken about this on uh, our show in the past couple of years. Um, I absolutely love this initiative that the NFL does. So basically, you know, 
players collaborate with organization, you know, charitable organizations around the world. Um, and they really just, you know, help raise awareness um, for these organizations. And what they do is they get to wear really cool cleats and they get to auction them off. And all of the proceeds do go uh, that, you know, the NFL does a really good on social, a job on social media using the hashtag, you know, my, my cause, my cleats, you get to follow along. So I'm just like in awe of this every single year to see the organizations that these uh, players pick. Um, and they really go into detail. A lot of them get interviewed by the NFL. They go on social media and they talk about why they choose certain things. So just a couple of ones too here. Um, you know, we've got, you know, some guys on the Rams, you know, bringing awareness to pediatric cancer on Monday night, Peyton and Eli uh, did theirs. Uh, they had their own cleats on their, their show. Uh, Eli obviously has his own organization to, you know, tackle kids cancer. Um, so he was doing that. Uh, something that was really um, like, it really like took to me um, the wide receivers for the Houston Texans wore um, cleats for John Mechie, who is battling leukemia. So uh, they all had cleats, you know, supporting him and supporting organizations that donate money to, uh, you know, people fighting leukemia and things like that. So that one's that really stood out to me. Um, and there's so many of these guys, like if you just go to Twitter, or you go to Instagram and you just type in hashtag my, my cause, my cleats, you'll see what all the players are doing, all the reasoning behind it. You can find out where to donate for these organizations. So I thought it was really good. So Katie, one of our, one of our fans, one of our, our New York Giants followers, uh, Dan Behan actually tweeted last night, you know, if you had the honor to do my cleats, my cause, what would you pick and why? So a lot of the answers, I'm reading this thread right now, you know, the American Cancer Society, St. Jude, a lot of people said St. Jude. I actually donate to St. Jude every uh, every time around Christmas time. So yeah. love that. Um, you know, Pennsylvania Parks and Forests, uh, Make-A-Wish Foundation. That's also another one of my, my favorites. Uh, Parkinson's Foundation, Breast Cancer Awareness. Um, so yeah, so a lot of really good responses to this thread. So Katie, you know, I was wondering, you know, I have two organizations that are near and dear to my heart. I was wondering, you know, for you too, what would be, what would be your, my cleats, my cause? Give, give my entire bank account to the dogs and the pigs. I mean, oh. I am a huge animal lover. Um, for my birthday, I actually got to go to a, a pig sanctuary. Um, mm -hmm. So honestly, I think, you know, take my money piggies because I, you know, I love them. I got to spend the day with them, mm -hmm. such sweet animals. And they do come from really bad situations and do need rescuing. And then the upkeep of them, they certainly yeah. quite a bit um, <laughs> run into obviously medical issues, everything yeah. like that. Um, so the upkeep of, of having a pig is substantial. And so, yeah, that's probably where I would, uh, send my money to and if i you know was an nfl player i'd be rocking hot pink piggy cleats with the piggies yeah so many animal shelters and sanctuaries uh in the new york new jersey area so yeah. honestly you know there's definitely there's a couple of uh animal shelters that katie and i we always send messages back and forth to each other uh, of cute dogs cute other animals and stuff so you know definitely if you can't donate i always say if you can't donate money donate your time uh it's it's so easy to give back in that way so my two organizations so my one one of my favorite organizations to 
to donate to. And I've done, I've actually done fundraisers for them in the past. Um, it is called the joy of socks. So the, um, I'm a huge sock lover myself. I love socks. I have like 15 drawer fulls. It's very embarrassing. Um, socks are the number one item needed by homeless people. Um, people think of like blankets, shirts, like things like that. No, it's actually socks. Um, and it's very surprising. I found this out years ago, I would say like seven, eight years ago. And I started donating to them. I've had a couple of sock drives. Um, I need to start doing them again. They're so much yeah. fun. You, it's such an you know easy thing to go. You can go to TJ Maxx and buy a bundle of socks for like $5. Um, it's just a really good nonprofit organization like out of Pennsylvania. So it's called the joy of socks. Um, I absolutely love them. And then my other favorite foundation is near and dear to Mine and Katie's hearts, the giant's hearts. Uh, it's the Tom Coughlin J fund. Uh, it's, it's tackling kids cancer. It's helping, um, families that are dealing with that. So they're paying for, you know, medical bills or paying for things like that, everything like that. So I love the J fund. I did a, uh, did a wine, uh, fundraiser for them last year. If I tap into that again, that was super successful. So thank you to everyone who donated there, but yeah, those are two foundations that I absolutely love. So, I love my cleats, my cause again, go visit that hashtag, check out what all these players did. It's truly inspiring year after year. You get to see some really cool design work on their cleats, but at the end of the day, they're getting auctioned off and all that money is going to really, really good causes. So yeah, that's my spiel. I'm just really, I, I love that they're doing it again. So. Oh, I should have gone first. I love how positive yours is. And it really <laughs> is great. Like this time of the year, it, it is hard for a lot. Like, you know, there's a lot to be grateful for. Um, there are people going through tough times and tough things. Yeah. And like you said, if you're not able to donate money, donate your time. Absolutely. Uh, that very, very positive. Get it off your chest there. Mine is negative. It is football. Um, it's That's just right. kind of it's kind of piggybacking off of last week when we were asked uh, what coaches do we think are on the hot seat right now? Like, and I do believe that uh, target number one would be a one and done. And I'm going with Nathaniel Hackett for the Denver Broncos. Mm -hmm. And this is to specify that we've said it on the show before the Denver Broncos have been incredibly disappointing this season. I think a 10 and nine lost to the Baltimore Ravens with no Lamar Jackson. Right. Uh, I just feel like they're not competing with anybody at this point. I don't think they're capable. I, I like, I think they have three or four wins and I'm like, how did they get those? Uh, right. They can't score. They have the weapons. They have the, uh, they have the talent on both sides of the ball. They have what many going into this season. I always considered him a top five quarterback in Russell Wilson. Um, it has been atrocious. I don't know how they, I don't know what it's going to look like next year for them, yeah. honestly. Um, but I do think Nathaniel Hackett will be out and I don't know what to make of the situation with Russell Wilson. Um, but I'm going to deem them, I think I'm going to deem them the most disappointing team. And we can throw the Raiders in there. We expected them to make the playoffs. The Chargers, I think, have been extremely yeah. disappointing. Um, the Rams, obviously, like winning the Super Bowl last year have been disappointing. But I do want to put an asterisk next to the Rams because the injuries that they've suffered this season have been significant. Um, but I, I think I might deem the Denver Broncos the most disappointing team of this season. So, All right. Woo, yeah, that's 
Heard it here first. Week Heard 14. First. Katie deems them as the most disappointing. Well, guess what? They can't be a disappointment if you didn't really think of much of them <laughs> in to begin with. And I, I did not. Definitely, I definitely had higher expectations for them than you did. And I think a lot of people, you know, were with me and you were like, yeah, I don't know. I don't see it. So I just listen, if they if they but, soared high, cool. That would have been yeah. great. I just didn't think like I just didn't really see like this like big like I don't know theatrical like performance from them right, like right. throughout this season. So I mean yeah. this is bad. Like I don't think I expected this. Like this is bad. Like right. bad. But I didn't think much higher. <laughs> so uh, I mean listen, it had to be said. It had to be said. <laughs> Alrighty, well, that concludes this episode of The Real Football Fans in New Jersey. Thank you guys, as always, for tuning in week after week. A couple of things you do not want to miss. Real Housewives of Salt Lake City is on Wednesdays at 8 p.m. It's 8, like roughly 8.40 yeah, now. Yeah, this is a new time slot for them, by the way. They were doing 9 p.m. Yes, I think something new came out. So I think that's why they switched over yeah. to eight. So, which totally screws. And I'm so far behind anyway, full transparency. Maybe but I'll only need one, maybe two episodes behind. Okay, I really need to catch up. <laughs> um, and then Potomac is on Sundays at 8 p.m. NFL Week 14, Thursday Night Football is the Las Vegas Raiders against the Los Angeles Rams. Sunday Night Football, Miami at the Los Angeles Chargers. And then Monday Night Football, you have the New England Patriots at the Arizona Cardinals. So we don't have full games yet for college football. Um, but your college football playoffs teams have been decided. Um, and they're going to play on the 31st. You have number two, Michigan versus number three, TCU. Number one, Georgia versus number four, Ohio State. Unfortunately, I am repping Alabama tonight. They did not make the college football. It was a long shot. They could have, but it was a long shot. So I'm not disappointed. They are playing in the Sugar Bowl against Kansas State, I think. So that's okay. Uh, but this weekend, though, you do have Army versus Navy this weekend. I do know it's on Saturday, I think, at 3 p.m. Uh, I don't know what channel it's on, but that's always a, a game everyone loves to watch every year. So you do have Army-Navy this weekend. And I think that's, yeah, that's just a tradition. So I don't think anything else is going. Going on but as we inch closer to the 31st we've got obviously the college football uh playoffs we've got bowl games coming so we'll keep you guys in the loop there but as always thank you guys for joining us and we will catch you next time on the real football fans in new jersey thank you good night